0: Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithliday, the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Adam Holland. How you doing?
1: Doing well. Uh, already starting to blend in uh, baseball and softball action with some basketball action, so we're already getting to that time of year.
0: Uh, yeah, February's is uh, pretty crazy busy. Uh, like a bunch of different sports, you know, it's sort of uh, winter sports are still going on. Spring sports are starting up. There's not a clear demarcation. Um, so yeah, everybody's doing like double and triple duty here. Um, you covered the, uh, opener for the softball season. Uh, the, the ladies traveled down to Clearwater, Florida for the NFCA, uh, 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 tournament and actually, uh, this game wasn't one of them, but they were part of the first ever uh, broadcast on the MLB network. So that was that was pretty cool when they took on Clemson. Um, their opener was against Indiana. Um, uh, uh, Stevie Hansen took the circle, um, and, uh, and and this is interesting because you know when Stevie Hansen arrived as a true freshman a couple of years ago, she was sort of like rescued the team in, in a sense uh, because like Oregon was in a real bad spot in in their pitching situation they they had you know some injuries and and some other things and she was like the only pitcher who was worth a damn and it was kind of a miracle as a true freshman um and, and you know she's been great stevie hanson cost oregon this game yeah do you think that's fair to say
1: um i do it, <clears throat> this was a game where your 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 bats weren't ice cold or anything um and you had your chances it was just that uh you, if you're if you're not getting out of those those innings without some stops uh defensively then that's gonna that's gonna cause the problems and like i said to, to see an unranked team too uh kinda you know be able to put up uh seven runs on them in an opener where they were, they were the, the ranked and the, you know, and the favored team, uh, that becomes pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that probably Indiana is going to wind up ranked, you know, pretty, you know, uh, pretty close you know, pretty soon here. I mean, they, they all Oregon lost to Clemson. Clemson's the number five team in the country. They lost to Clemson two to three. Like it was yeah. actually kind of weirdly enough like the the best result that Oregon had of the weekend of the like I think five or six games they played this weekend was the extremely close and very competitive and thrilling game against Clemson, in which they came up one run short. Indiana exact same thing like two to three lost to Clemson um and you know they also smoked army they also beat Kansas like like their tournament performance was almost identical to Oregon's tournament performance except they beat Oregon like um and just like the way that they played I wouldn't you know I, I I I'd be shocked if Indiana isn't uh you know ranked pretty quickly and doesn't like finish the season ranked i I think that's actually a a pretty good team and in and like yeah oregon should definitely like boohoo about losing this game because it was like stupid the way that they lost but like the the boohooing about like losing to an unranked team like i don't really think that's going to be an unranked team for very long but anyway um like sort of you know stevie hansen takes the circle she gives up five runs in two innings, and I mean, yeah. like it was immediate. Like she gives up a double, like pretty much immediately. Like, uh, you know, it, let's see, how does it go? Like, uh, oh, th- this is the other thing is that their pitcher, like, absolutely destroyed Oregon. Like Brianna Copeland, first of all, pitches a complete game.
1: uh, yeah.
0: you know, pitch all seven innings. Um. You know, Oregon starts to get some hits on her. Um, you know, Oregon puts up five runs on six hits, um, like, which is enough to win, you know, honestly. But but they were confident enough in Copeland to, like, stick with her for the entire game. And like I said, you know, that was a team that went 4-1 for the entire, you know, tournament. So, like, you know, it's not like they only had one pitcher in 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 their entire bullpen like obviously they had to have a complete bullpen in order to go 4 and 1 so like they, they were just confident in her um yeah. and she was like a hell of a batter like she 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 goes right out there she's the second you know she's the second batter in their lineup she hits a a a, a triple uh um, you know, knocks in the first batter, who, by the way, hit a single, you know, so she knocks in an RBI, um, you, you know, a, a later batter, you know, knocks in, uh, uh, you know, an RBI, uh, to, you know, to, to score uh, 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 Copeland. Um, and, and then in the second inning, uh, 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 you know, Copeland gets another uh, gets a home run, which means like they had cycled through their entire lineup by the top of the second, which like, that's bad, Stevie, you know, like,
1: um, yeah, if you have that many people getting, uh, getting to the plate in the first place, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's obviously something that needs to be addressed moving forward. Um, but, but then not just, like I said, not, not just being able to get on base, but the, uh, like, uh, the, consistency with which she was like getting these hits uh was pretty bad yeah
0: i mean the thing that's weird is that like both both hansen and breedlove wind up with the same era because they both officially go down as you know having two earned runs on two innings pitched but First of all, that's because Stevie Hansen, you know, despite giving up five runs, only two count as earned runs because there's technically an error in the middle there. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't, I, I, th- I that was, Oh man, this is going to get like real technical. I think the scorekeeper was being way too generous to her in, in marking that down as an error. It it was a throw from third. Actually, I think it was sneaky, the shortstop, but like where her throw, if she had beat the batter to first, it would have been the throw of the century. Like, and so the first baseman's foot comes off the bag and and, and so it's not an out that gets tallied as an error. I think that was a mistake to tally that as an error. It should have just been tallied a hit. And, and therefore the runs that come off of it should have been t- tallied as an, oh man, this is getting super technical. The, 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 I, the, it's weird because Breedlove and Hansen are both come out of this game with the same ERA. Hansen did terribly, but I thought Breedlove actually did pretty damn well. Um, was that, just sort of subjectively watching them, do you agree with that opinion that Breedlove was actually pitching way better than Hanson, even though the stats don't say that?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and and like I said, the the fact that you had a chance uh, later on to kind of get back into the game uh, was 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 due to that. um You saw that like the the real early. Uh, deficit was more what what Hanson was responsible for, uh, but then like kind of like the comeback where they were able to uh, kind of get in a position to not potentially not things up, that was due to Bree Love's pitching. And so it's it's less about looking at the stats per se and looking at like how Oregon was able to be in the game and be competitive uh, with a chance to, with a chance uh, in the game, uh, depending on who was on the mound.
0: I mean, if there's like, if there's a silver lining to the game, it's, I mean, if there's a gut punch to the game, it's like, oh my God, Stevie Hansen. Oh my God. But if there's a silver lining to the game, it's that, like, um, first of all uh it, it's the rest of the circle like i thought that breed love pitched because like Breedlove, for a couple of years was like the the afterthought of the bullpen it, it was like oregon would have like two maybe three really good pitchers and then it was like oh no please don't let Breedlove you know come in yeah i, I don't her. but last year her ERA actually improved pretty significantly, not not n- enough to call her an ace or anything, but like it wasn't, oh, my God, please don't let Breedlove pitch.
1: Yeah. Went, and, went from went from at least someone that you didn't dread seeing come into the game. Yeah.
0: And then in this game, you know, not bad. She pitched a scoreless third inning. And then the second inning, um, they intentionally walked Copeland. You know, so like, d- you know, don't really count that against her. That was a that was a coach's decision to 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 walk her because of uh, how much they had been destroying, um, you know, destroying him. She did give up, a, you know, a double to Bassett, but like nobody could contain Bassett. Like I think Bassett hit, got a hit uh, against every single one of Oregon's pitchers.
1: Yeah, um, it, it wasn't really going to matter. I think who pitched to her, it was she was she yeah. was just too on
0: and then and then there was a wild pitch uh uh which okay that's on her and and then there's a single which drives in runs but remember that was because bassett and and copeland were already on base for reasons that we've already talked about like so like yeah you know it sort of it, it fails her there at the end but up until that point like You know, this was not Reagan Breedlove the like, oh, my God, don't let her pitch like and it certainly wasn't giving up five runs into innings. You know, it was okay. A couple of things got away from her at at the at the end of her time on the circle, you know, at the very end with, you know, the 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 coach's decision to walk, you know, a, a real hot batter following another real hot batter you know so yeah. and then go, go ahead
1: yeah no and it, it, like i said it, some of those when it shows up statistically uh will will be a little bit like duplicitous when you're talking yeah. about situations like that um there's always like you know put, like intentional walks there's always like errors that maybe could be an error or could not be there's you know coaches decisions there's different things that play into that so I agree that like you can't just look at the numbers and have that tell the whole story.
0: So like the so continuing the the silver lining uh, uh, you know uh, of the of the circle is we got to see uh, Oregon's true freshman Taylor Spencer for the first time. She comes out and pitches uh, uh, two innings, which were, like almost immaculate yeah right like you know she doesn't get any strikeouts but like you know she faces seven batters it's you know she, there's one walk but otherwise it's it's you know six up six down um yeah. y- you know they're they're all on you know i, I think it's two ground outs two flyouts, yeah um but like you know she's not really giving them f- hittable balls um, yeah. oh, no. and then Morgan Scott comes in, who's Oregon's ace, you know, she, she, you know, closes it down, you know, to give Oregon a chance to, to win it in the bottom of the seventh Oregon then doesn't, but like, you know, that's why I say that like, okay, Stevie Hansen loses this in her two innings pitch. Cause they give up five runs the rest of the game. They give up two runs. Meanwhile, Oregon is sort of like steadily adding runs. They just, you know, they couldn't. You know, hey, well, I mean, they, they, had, they scored like, five. It, you know, five is how many runs they gave up in the first two innings. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they had their chance there in the six when they had, you know, the two on and one out. Uh, but yeah. that was that, that was a missed opportunity. Also. Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right about that. It would have been uh, like if they really, you're right. You know, that it was that, that there would have there been, been hero to,
1: be, like, to be had. They just didn't, didn't. Come you're right offensively
0: um that that would have been sweet like it totally would have and and you know maybe a four now i, I don't want to say like well that's it one game season's over like no, or, of course or, not you know but like you know there there's a way of saying that like look man you know uh th- this team brought back just about everybody yeah. you know and made some you know some critical like looks like you know spencer's a really good addition as a freshman pitcher they, mm-hmm. they added some good transfers like and they brought back everybody this is a really senior team you know there's a reason why this team is ranked so high yeah. and like and in, and in, 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 in between stevie hansen just like really stumbling out of the gate and you're right they were in a position in the bottom of the sixth to win the game Um, you know, to complete the comeback, and then they didn't. And you know what? Like teams that win championships or at least like go go deep, you know, into the World Series, you know, have the probably would have done that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, and and I like I don't. It's one game. I probably shouldn't be saying, "Well, that's it. This isn't a team that's ever going to do it." But like, God, I'm real tempted to say it.
1: Yeah. It's like I said, the windows, the windows closing. And so if you're going to, if you're, I gonna... mean, this
0: year, yeah, for this, for this team, like this, te- like next year, the 2025 squad is going to be totally different.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. It, like this is the year, like for, for this group you know for this group of players who've been together you know pretty much since the beginning of missy lombardi's time at oregon yeah. like if they're gonna make a run this is the time to do it and, and like so let's do it you know yeah
1: <laughs> time's a waste in here yeah you got a, a senior laden team <laughs> and uh kind of like every opportunity to really make a run at the uh at the women's world series so no i agree um that's why, like I said, it's, you know, disappointing when you when you come up with losses like this, especially in a situation where you had a chance to, you know, tie or take the lead. Um, you gotta be able to come through in situations like that. Hopefully we'll see some better performances out of them as the season goes on. Obviously, it's still very young in the season. We're sure, still in sure. February and everything, playing in playing in Florida and whatnot. So there's a lot of ball left to be played. But yeah, yeah this is kind of a disappointing first uh first go around for the team
0: well like i said you know the the rest of their results for the rest of the the weekend in, in clearwater was pretty damn encouraging you know including taking you know a top five team to the wire yeah. um and, and honestly like i said you know indiana is probably criminally underrated the fact that you know they were you know the indiana in my opinion is probably going to wind up you know being a team that hell they might see him again in the the college world series you know they look that good yeah. um you know hell they may be in a position where they have an opportunity to get some revenge on the hoosiers
1: um yeah they could definitely be a dark horse that would just yeah that preseason just wasn't recognized i mean copeland looks so good like that was oh, yeah. really you know had
0: a hell of a uh, not just game, but like whole tournament. Like I went back and looked at her, her whole tournament stats, and like, yeah, she she might be the player of the tournament. Um, she, she, oh, yeah. she's she's just incredible. Um, so so yeah, and and you know maybe maybe this you know Oregon team you know takes takes this game as a you know learning opportunity or maybe they make me eat my words from daring to suggest that like ah that's it this team you know doesn't have the the fire to 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 make a run maybe they they'll they'll (laughs) <laughs> make me make, make me eat that who knows but uh um you know like i said there are there are a bunch of silver lining and, and depth in the bullpen you know god i spent like two years talking about how oregon needs depth in the bullpen and they definitely look like they were showing it you know like you know with, with the the hansen stumble aside you know
1: yeah but then you had two other pitchers that came in and performed very well right so that that, that that's an encouraging sight to see
0: all right um the, the 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 rest of the games were covered by other writers we will talk about them on um on future podcasts uh uh anything else you want to say before we move on
1: not too much just uh just kind of like an agreement with you i mean i know it was a you know one two start but uh there's a lot lot to be encouraged by and this is a very senior laden group so uh don't write them off yet it's still february <laughs>
0: all right uh let's take a break uh we come back we'll talk some hoops so uh you covered the second game of the uh two-game uh, los angeles sweep uh, or swing for the it wasn't a sweep uh, uh yeah. for the men's basketball team <laughs> uh, badwater had the usc game um uh, in which it looked for a minute, like Jackson Shellstad had sort of hit his stride, you know, again. Um, but honestly the last like three games, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like, I, I, I don't know, man, like he really feels like he's hit it, you know, the freshman wall. Um, and, and this game, he was sort of like, I don't know, man, he was back to like, Oh, four, three point shooting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, like, uh, what do you think's up with Jackson Schultz
1: Um, tough to say. I mean, sometimes you can think in situations like that, that it, it may be kind of like a, a situation where you have someone who's playing super well, maybe because they were overlooked a little bit. And then when, you know, they start to get more attention, like defensively and stuff, then it starts to catch up with them. I'm not sure if that's really the case here um what you're seeing more is just i think kind of like a uh a a lack of um like kind of like initiative by him where it was like before you would see him just be like okay put the ball in my hands i'm gonna create shots for myself or i'm gonna create you know shots for my teammates um you i mean you still see that but you don't see it to the level that you had been seeing it in some of these other games so like, I, I mean, that's what we said the last time we were on the podcast. I said, like, so Shellstad goes, so the team shall go. And, you know, that's obviously coming to fruition because when he's not playing well, <clears throat> when he's not being like the floor general, uh, then the team's struggling. And that's, uh, that's you know, another thing you saw against UCLA because you see that they're in, you know, a tight game against a very beatable team. I mean, I know they play pretty yeah. well at home and everything, but still, this was, you know what I mean? This was, this is not.
0: Well, I mean, know, they get, get foul they calls at home sorry, or anything big like thing.
1: that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a very, I mean, like, mediocre, very was re-
0: I, like I mean, it was like, really frustrating. Like, I thought that Oregon was, re- I thought Oregon had a very concerted defensive strategy of keeping the ball away from Adam Bona, which they were effective mm-hmm. in doing um i thought they had a concerted strategy of getting the ball into uh stefanovich's hands because they didn't think he was going to be effective and they were correct about that you know like he he shot pretty poorly uh like six of 15 from the field one of four from three-point line you know they were correct about that and that they could defend him without fouling they were correct about that uh and uh, you know, they were correct about uh, uh, Sebastian Mack's shooting as well, except like every time they breathed on Sebastian Mack, you know, the, the rest were calling fouls, um, which yeah. is you know, sort of which is why he wound up with 16 points, um, which you know, I, I don't like to talk about like conspiracy theories or anything, but like that's what you know, playing in Pauly. Like, look, I, it's just documented, you know, like when you're playing at home, you tend to get more home foul calls. It's just like, that's what happens. Like refs are human, psychological factors kick in like that, you know, okay. That, that was, that, that's sort of all I wanted to talk about in terms of defense. I thought Oregon had like a clear defensive strategy. It was effective. They limited UCLA to, you know, under 45% shooting from the floor. They were 50% shooting from three. Point range, but that comes down to exactly one person, which is Dylan Andrews, which is why I want to get back to Jackson Shellstat. Their freshman, Dylan Andrews, right, goes nine for 16 from the floor, right? You know, one yeah. better than 50% and three for three from three point. You know, like if this game is a contest between freshman point guards, right? Like Dylan Andrews definitely won. Right. No. And arguably Dylan Andrews just straight up just won the game, right? You know, because he contributes 21 points on 50% shooting and perfect three point shooting. Jackson Shellstrat contributes 10 points on five for twelve shooting below fifty percent and oh for four. He's like Jackson Shellstrat is the 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 Mr. Glass to Dylan Andrews uh uh, whatever Bruce wills's character is in, in in the movie, I forget his name. Uh, right, like, he's, he's yeah. the opposite, you know?
1: Yeah, true. Um, I don't know, and I don't know if that's maybe, sometimes if that's <clears throat> kind of like a psychological hurdle for a young player uh, to get over is when, like, you know, your your counterpart on the other side of the floor is outplaying you, if that can start to, like, kind of, like, like mess. With their head or something, um, I'm not sure if I've you know really seen that from a consistent basis because you know against Michigan, uh, Michigan's point guard kind of went went off in that game, and played incredibly yeah. well and everything, and 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 Shelstad still also played very well himself, had the game winner and everything like that. Uh, but then you know it kind of reared its ugly head like uh, in, in in both games that I covered this week because you you know you saw it again against Washington. Where it was like uh, almost kind of like a, a shrinking performance when you when you're seeing the uh, the other point guard on the other side of the floor be productive. I'm not sure if there's you know legitimacy to that as as with most of the stuff that I'm you know saying on here, it's it's kind of educated guess when it comes to the psychology of players. Uh, but then sometimes I you know tend to think that maybe that had something to do with it.
0: Well, I mean the. It's not I, I mean it stood out to me. Shellstat's performance stood out to me because a uh you know, we've been writing articles for the site earlier in the season about like you know, oh my god, Jackson Shellstad, yeah. Um, you know, is being you know, like a uh a, a, a transformative point guard for Oregon. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh but also um you know because of the contrast to you know to ucla with dylan andrews because like in many ways they're total mirrors because i remember i was talking about earlier um we're like you know i was like cronin is screwing up by not pulling dylan andrews um because like he was such a drag on the team um and that that like you know this that that andrews poor performance was like emblematic of Cronin's mismanagement of the team. And mm-hmm. so for them, him to have turned, you know, on and, and Shelstad, you know, for his, his freshman season to have gone in totally the opposite direction is just like, Oh my God, it's like these guys, they're, 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 they're graphs are like total opposite
1: trajectories. Yeah. Having go, go definitely, definitely a complete, uh, 180 from the uh, from the matchup we saw at the end of December there
0: having said that like I don't know how fair it is to like totally just put it all on the feet of uh, Jackson Shellstat because like his poor shooting is like I mean nobody on the team other than Folly Dante can make a basket over the last three games like ever since the, the USC game like the UCLA game the Washington game and the Wazoo game like all three of those games you know it's 42.6 shooting against ucla it's 40 percent shooting which we're going to talk about in the next segment against washington and then uh somebody else covered the wazoo game so we'll talk about it with him but just like just to complete the point it's 36.1 shooting against wazoo i mean it's just putrid just putrid shooting like and so, like, let me run it down for UCLA. You know, Aquendo shoots two for five and gets seven points. You know, Shellstad, like I said, five for 12. Uh, Cousinard shoots one for nine against UCLA and gets six points. Yeah, uh, that Tracy, not
1: I get it done. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: uh, Tracy had an okay night. You know, six for 11 gets gets 15. Yeah. Um, in, and three for seven from from beyond the arc um but he gets in foul trouble so uh well actually he he played his full 34 um uh uh Brendan rigsby you know th- three for six you know gets seven points kwame evans goes zero for four you know a poor kid can't buy a basket right like yeah. uh and they were you know, bad
1: misses too. You know they weren't oh, yeah. They were just like yeah, like they were they were they were like not even close.
0: Yeah. Um. I I mean like I think that I I think that Evans has been playing like Evans definitely played better the next weekend. Um. I, you know I I think against the two Washington schools like I I don't know like I I sort of think. I, I don't know. He was playing well at the beginning of the year, and then he sort of like, I think maybe re-aggravated something, and he's been maybe, it's kind of been problematic for him to have been back. But this last weekend against the Washington schools, I sort of liked having him in. I I, I didn't love having him in against UCLA. Um, it was like, oh, my God. It, like you said, they were bad misses. But like, I I don't know what Cousinard's excuse is. Like, what? Like, what? you know, and for for,
1: for like a, you know, 26 year old veteran player like that, that's, that's a totally different story than a true freshman kind of hitting a wall. You're not supposed to hit a wall when you've had that much experience.
0: But I mean, here's the thing with the, like, with, with the bad shooting is that like Oregon's in a position where, you know, because you know, Biddle, who may be done for the season. We just got that news today. Bartholomew's done for the season. Um, Like there, you know, Evans is a freshman and sort of, you know, trying to find his stride, you know, whatever's going on is that, you know, if guys get cold, you know, where where Shellstad gets cold in this game, Kuzenard uh, gets cold in this game, like, you know who do they have to turn to rigsby's supposed to be a bench player you know like they they don't they they can't say you know bartholomew biddle you know let's see what you got because those guys are done right Mm -hmm. you know like that's the like altman's not playing with a full hand here he he you know like guys having cold hands for a night like that happens in basketball that's why you that's why you go and get a full deck. And, and and he's missing that tool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen before, for sure. And it's, it's, it's nothing that Dana couldn't potentially coach them out of, uh, because you saw how well they were playing early in the season with all those nagging injuries hanging over their head. Uh, but it's it's comes down to just kind of like you said, lately, uh, the offense has just gone stone cold. Um, it was it had not been as much of an issue this year, uh, even when they were missing some of their key players. Um, but it's it's definitely reared its head again here. And it's it's reminiscent of the last couple seasons. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're, we're, you know, getting to that point in the season when it was when it's like, OK, which. Which way are you going to go here? Are you going to go up or down?
0: So there's another thing that I want to ask you about in terms of their offense. See if you have an opinion on this. So it's the, the question is the curse of Infalli Dante. Uh, It's not Dante himself i think he's been great like i think he's pretty pretty much back to 100 percent at this point like when he initially yeah. came back like you could tell that he was sort of like the conditioning wasn't there yeah. uh and so that part, like i i guess i should have chosen my words more carefully because like there's sort of two different ways that he's potentially been a curse the first way was he would be on the court but then he was he wouldn't be effective, and so he was taking up twenty percent of your basketball slots. Um, you know, ineffectively. But that's not what I'm talking about anymore. Like, because I do think he's back to hundred percent, and I do think he's playing pretty well. But what I'm talking about now, like the second curse of infolly Dante, is this. I don't think guys are driving to the iron. No. Yeah. I, I think that's... I think Oregon's interior game is. N- where in the past without Dante had been driving to the iron. I think now is just, it's either dish it to Dante or take perimeter shots and their perimeter shooting is real bad. And they're not reacting to that by saying we got to get closer they're just continuing to make bad perimeter shots mm-hmm. so like Shellstat stat against ucla shell stat and evans are a combined one for 11 from beyond the arc like barf like yeah. stop it guys just stop stop like can you and like spoiler alert like they're, they're real bad at shooting from beyond the arc against Wazoo as well, which we're not going to talk about in this podcast, but just like they, they didn't make a three-pointer until their 10th attempt against Wazoo yeah. in a game that they lost by six points, which like if they just shot flipping nominally, it you know, like uh, anyway, um, the, 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 the you know my point being that like dude recognize your hands are cold and stop shooting from beyond the arc drive to the iron, but they're not driving to the iron because they're like well that's what is for, yeah
1: yeah it is am I making <clears throat>
0: sense to you like is this
1: does yeah not one hundred percent. And and that's why you saw you know them attacking the basket a little more when he first got back because of you know what we pointed out that he wasn't his usual self, uh, the conditioning wasn't there the you know the movements the lateral and vertical movements weren't there as much. Now you're getting back to the Dante we had last year, you know who's a dominant inside force. Uh, but, uh, like, I agree, like, because well, of he that can't
0: single-handedly win a game for, yeah, you.
1: yeah, that's what I mean. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a, you know, a star player and, and, you know, a great, you know, boost for Oregon to have on the court. He's, you know, he's, he's not Shaq or Hakeem or something like that. He's, he's not like the, you know, just this, this, you know, universally amazing center who's just going to do it all for you you have to score 40 points like like college basketball doesn't work that way you know yeah and and the the fact of the matter is is you can't view him as the only option because he's a big guy down there you have to view him as he's taking up a lot of space for us to be able to get to the rack exactly Um, (laughs) so it's like you know if, if 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 you were doing that when he was less effective because that's how they were viewing him they're just like well he's a big body down there he's taking up space but we're still going to go to the rack because he's not fully healthy now that he's fully healthy we just dump it into well, him before, and what, him to well, do
0: before or in the earlier part of the season when they didn't have him or Biddle, and they were effectively playing big list basketball yeah. And it was like and I was like really patting them on the back for like how much they were oh, yeah.
1: to the iron. You know, they start, didn't start no without without either of their bigs.
0: I mean, that's and, what I was uh, like applauding Altman for was like for not reacting to their lack of bigs by becoming just a nothing but, you know, 20 foot jumper team.
1: Yeah. You know, and you and that, here you they are. they are nothing
0: but, but a 20 foot jumper team.
1: And you uh, see that you know, from with- from Kuznard, too, which yeah. for a lot of the season you were seeing Kuznard really go to the hoop a lot. That was one thing I really liked about his, his you know, resurgence this year was I was like, he's becoming a, a basket attacker, you know? And then and then you see something like that happened against UCLA, and it's like, all right, you, you know, there's nothing wrong if you want to, you know, try a couple open jumpers, but if you're not hitting them, you're not hitting them. And it's it just... Kind of went back to that again. It was like, okay, well, where's that Where's that determination to get to the hole? You're a big guy. You know what I mean? You're, you're a big, thick guard that a lot of like smaller players have trouble keeping you from getting to the hoop. Why aren't you taking advantage of that like you were the whole first half of the season?
0: Yeah man like i you know the a, a lot of these are sort of interlocking pieces you know like the the injury situation means that he that that Altman can't you know rotate out guys who are playing ineffectively yeah, but then it's also like, hey, it's on you for not recognizing the the ways that you're playing ineffectively and remedying that. You know, like, yeah, you,
1: you well, can't I can't mean, exactly
0: he, coach you up in the middle of the game.
1: It's it, it's. I mean, Oregon's Oregon's had bad luck with injuries a lot in the last several seasons, but it, it, you've seen in the past that it wasn't anything that Altman couldn't deal with. It wasn't anything that he couldn't make adjustments and and still be able to, you know put together a winning team in a hot run despite injuries so it's it's, it's, just it's
0: it's just also frustrating that it's like what does every other team get to have a freshman who catches fire in january February, right like wazoo does colorado does ucla does you know like everybody else gets to have an unstoppable freshman who like it, you know, when they get within 15 foot, feet of the basket, it's like automatic. And meanwhile, Jackson Shell stats, you know, jacking up threes and missing them.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, that that may it may be good timing then for them to have this entire week off right now to kind of like really kind of like get him straightened out.
0: Oh, uh, oh. oh is that what you're calling playing Oregon
1: State? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, because, you know, you don't have the, you don't have the Thursday game and then you have, you know, a game against a team that knock wood, you should be able to handle fairly easily. So, uh, you know, you have a lot of preparation time and then you have, you know, a game against a team that he should be able to go out and do its thing against.
0: All right. Uh, you want to say anything more about this game before we move on?
1: Not too much. I think we kind of covered the nitty-gritty of it. Bad shooting equals bad night.
0: Uh, All right, let's take a break. Uh, We come back, we'll talk about the Washington game. So Oregon was looking like they were uh, ready to run away with this game. and I mean, ultimately, they did win. Um, Do you it is kind of my opinion that people are freaking out too much about Washington's abortive and failed comeback attempt. Uh, uh it, it, And it, uh, I will share my reason why in a minute, but before I do, I want to take your temperature on that question. W- what do you think? Do you think, Hey, panic freak out? Or do you think, nah, uh, it's no big deal. Uh,
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't freak out over it. I think the thing that's more concerning is it was a a little indicative of how they've been playing as a whole lately. Um, if this had happened like right in the middle of a hot streak or something, Mm -hmm. it would, you know what I mean? It would probably be a lot less worrisome. I think it's just because of the, you know, the sudden kind of like turnaround in, in the level of play. Um, this is going to happen a lot against teams that maybe uh, you know are in, un- undermanned and not really you know supposed to be in this game, especially when you're talking about like a you know a hated rivalry like Oregon and Washington have. Um, it's you know it's 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 just a little bit of laxadaisicalness, and it's it's it, it's going to happen from time to time. Um, still, you know, pretty like a fairly young team Oregon has here. Um, but uh, no, I I wouldn't think that that alone would be a reason to freak out. Um, you, basketball is a game of runs, and any team, you know, despite despite the record, is is can always be a threat. Especially if, like I said, they have extra determination from being a rival of that team or something like that. If they, you know, like are, are see that you're starting to let up, or they see that something else that they're doing differently is working. I mean. Basically, it's just because they instituted that full court press, which mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, Altman's no stranger to full court press. It's something organs run consistently throughout his tenure. And it has to be something that if you, if you, if you practice it, you have to know how to react to it yourself. And so maybe, you know, the first you know few possessions of it is kind of like, Oh, whoa, what, what are they doing here? But I think what gets frustrating is when you see, Minutes and minutes and minutes go by, possession after possession after possession, and they're still just like turning the ball over and just not responding to this full court press. It's like, okay, look, time to wake up here. You know what they're doing. They're doing a full court press, and you also know how to break a full court press. But instead, you're not doing that. You're not moving the ball. You're getting it in, and then you're having some guy run to the corner get double teamed and like try to call a timeout or make an errant pass. Like, so I think that, like, just the, the, the psychological response to Washington switching things up was was more disappointing than Washington making baskets. I mean, because eventually they're going to come out of of that much of a cold slump. I mean, for God's sake, See, they, you know, they okay. could hardly hit the broadside of a barn for the, the first half of that game.
0: Yeah, I, that's that is the reason why it didn't like 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 people reacted to it you know because Oregon was at one point up by 20 points and then people reacted to that as though well Oregon just should have continued like all the things that contributed to Oregon being up by 20 points should have just continued forever so they should have like I don't know finished but with a lead of 30 points and I'm like those things were unsustainable they were basically that washington like you said couldn't hit the broad side of a barn like they were something like one for 17 from beyond the arc um which largely had to do with like they kept funneling the ball to corin johnson who was just like ice cold um yeah which like i i like i i, I always appreciate dana altman's like defensive strategies that are sort of difficult to pick up they're really difficult to pick up a lot of times but oftentimes they have to do with like isolating a particular player who's like who they can get to hurry a shot and miss yeah. Like like rather than like a lot of Altman's defense, like you don't actually see Altman's defenses generating a whole ton of um of shot clock violations the way that some, in particular like Big Ten defenses, do. Mm-hmm. Um instead m- like w- what you see the best like Altman defensive performances do is they the, the shot'll go off with like 15 seconds left on the shot clock but like it's a terrible shot and it's like yeah. oh the other team was taking terrible shots and it was like oh there there was something that contributed to that you know and it's like yeah there's there's some manipulation here um so that i mean that was a big part of it like y- you know um and uh 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 like it was also about like sort of Keeping the ball away from Braxton Mia, who was perfect on the night, you know, but it, you know, they just tried to, to keep the just ball away just from him.
1: The drums, pretty much,
0: yeah, pretty, you know, so it was like, keep it away from Mia, get the ball to Corin Johnson, like, which was,
1: yeah, super
0: effective. And then, if you like break down the first, like, that's what their run was about, was they were like, they, they figured out, like, Washington figured out ways to get Mia the ball, so he, you know, he gets i think he gets nine of his 15 points during that run number one number yeah. two is a severe wheeler um where you know he's pretty cold to start the first half he goes four for seven in the second half um uh including like all, every single one of his free throws is in the yeah. is in the second half you, you know during that run so that was another like altman's you know, strategy, you know, in which, you know, Washington figures out a way to break it. And that's part, you know, part of the comeback. And and then just like some buckets start dropping for them, you know, like, like, like three of the four (laughs) three pointers that they make are all during, you know, so basically like they, there is no way that that the factors that contributed to that 20 point deficit, were unsustainable that they that it was the product of like uh, of a a sort of defensive strategy that washington was inevitably going to figure out and and, because like even mike hopkins is not that stupid um i mean he's pretty stupid but not that stupid and (laughs) b like the that like just you know like Washington was having some really horrible luck, like really horrible luck, and like you, like in inevitable, inevitably horrible luck will will break, and, and yeah. so you know, like you had to be ready for that. Yeah, so like for and so the other reason that I wasn't really super like freaking out is for the same reason like when Oregon football played USC and you know they were up by i forget what it was like 22 points on -hmm. on the first play of the first fourth quarter and then and then the game finishes like oregon wins by nine but i'm like i didn't care about any of that that was garbage time yeah um because like the outcome of the game is inevitable at this point Mm -hmm. like uh like, it doesn't matter how well USC plays or like how lucky they get or how like, you know, unlucky Oregon is or whatever. Like when they're putting the brakes on like that, like, yeah, it may get kind of, you know, close to the point where you're like grabbing your collar. But the outcome of the game is never in doubt. Yeah. And so since ultimately it doesn't matter if you win by 20 points, nine points, five points or one point like as soon as it hits a certain number, like the outcome of the game is never in doubt. So I didn't care like that. That was my reaction to the game. as That was a long rant, but I was like, I, I don't, I, I didn't care what, what I cared about was that, uh, Oregon shooting performance from the floor was bad from the three point line. It was fine or, or arc, you know, it was, it was eight for 24, you know, whatever. Uh, but I sure didn't like Jackson shell stat shooting 0 for five, yeah. from beyond the arc
1: even in a I win should... that's kind of like a, a way to sour it with a performance like that
0: right you know that's the trend that i want to talk about is jackson shell stat was one for nine in this game including oh for five from beyond the arc oh my god like oh my god yeah
1: <laughs> it's uh it's becoming a problem for sure and like i said it's it wasn't a good sign because it, you, you know, obviously you'll talk about that in your next podcast. But it continued into the next game too, which yeah. ended up hurting them more than this game did.
0: Like I don't, you know, I it's not, and I mean I kind of don't understand either because he is
1: completely capable of taking it to the iron, one hundred percent. He's he's as fast as a Maserati, you know. Once he puts yeah. his head down and gets there, he can get there. Um just seems seems like the uh you know the plague that's that's making its way through the team is starting to affect him as well. So someone's gotta get an antidote for that.
0: On the other hand, I thought that Kwame Evans had a really good game. He you did know, yeah. f- four for nine from the floor, you know, one for two for his three pointers, made all six of his free throws. Um you know, ha- had uh, uh, five rebounds, uh, you know, two steals. Uh, Which is good missed.
1: to see, you know, yeah. considering, considering the way he had disappeared against UCLA. Yeah.
0: right. So. You know, and, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about, you know, Wazoo game in the future. He didn't have exactly the same scoring production, but like 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. You know, in that game, like he was a really value. I thought he was a valuable player,
1: you yeah, know, absolutely. In,
0: in that game as well. Again, I keep saying we're going to talk, about
1: especially it. with with Biddle missing so much time yeah. and, you know, potentially missing the rest of the season here. Um, Like I said, Evans, even though he isn't a prototypical big, he's still kind of like your yeah. second big on the floor. Yeah. Pretty much. So,
0: yeah. and I mean, I, I think he uses his size well and he's so fast. I mean, he's a, a guy of his dimensions who is, it's not just like top end speed, but just like, he's, he's so quick, you know, like, yeah. he, it's like that burst and like change of direction. It's so like explosive. Yeah. Um,
1: which, is, which but, at which six ten is is a lot know, more man. to contain than like a six five guy that's like that. I
0: know. I want I, I want to talk him into like trying to, to you know why don't you try it for the football team you know like <laughs> go see go, go play wide receiver. I'm like yeah sure like that kind of burst as a you know as a six ten wide receiver like oh my god. Um, anyway the uh yeah like I mean really. Like Jackson Chelsea's got to get his shot back, man. Like, it's, I mean, honestly, even playing, like, I I wish that he would take the ball to the iron, just like, because the the meta of it. But, like, but even if he doesn't, even if he just, you know, wants to do this, like, he's got to get his shot back.
1: Like, he does. I mean, Uh, I'm not, you know, is the fact that. You know, if you clog the lane to stop him from getting there, he can hurt you from the outside, too. And like I said, that's 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 how those effective, effective point guards are. You have to stop them from getting to the hoop. But if you do, you have to be wary of their range as well. Uh, I mean,
0: Chelstad is literally, in the last three games since USC, you know, post-USC three games, is zero from 11 from beyond the arc.
1: Yeah, like it's almost kind of like Rigsby's explosion at Pullman and then yeah. subsequent, you know, cold streak. Not sure yeah. whether this is just something that's going on with Oregon right now, if it has anything to do with coaching, but it's frustrating. I don't,
0: I don't know, man. Like, or if he's just in his head, but yeah. like, like Adam, I don't like, you and me wouldn't be 0 for 11. Like, <laughs> I mean, we'd be getting destroyed out there, but I'm pretty sure I would have made one. like...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't I don't have the jump shot that I had in high school, but I'm I'm sure if you you gave me eleven chances, I could probably at least sink a few of those. <laughs> oh, so I think it's uh, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. There's there's something going on with 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 his head right now. And, I mean, you uh, just
0: kind of like like I said, like I, I wish you just drive to the iron. It's it's a preferable strategy, but like he's got to find his. I mean, he's got to find a shot. Like, I don't know where it's gone, but he's got to find it. Like,
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: Because honestly, like if he doesn't like he's, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If I was yelling at Mick Cronin for playing Dylan Andrews when he didn't have his game and he was hurting the team, like Mm -hmm. it's time for me to start yelling at Dana Altman for playing Jackson Shellstead when he doesn't have his game and he's hurting the team.
1: Yeah, true. And it just it, it it sucks that like I said that he doesn't have as much uh, availability at backup because of the health. Yeah. You know, at the beginning, right? I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you were you were put like, in? Well, he doesn't have Barthelemy. He doesn't have Barthelamy. Yeah. Yeah. We thought we'd have Zarzuela. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we thought there's. There well, could that's be the some great. Uh,
0: that's the great injury that nobody talks about. There's no Zarzuela. There's no Barthelemy, There's no Biddle. There's yeah. so Shellstad you know, is
1: is the point and he has yeah. to be because there's like really just no option behind him yeah no it's just ridiculous I mean
0: honestly for you know I see on forums stuff people are like you know muttering about like oh I think it's time for Dane Alden to hit the pass. And it's just like do you have any idea what this like injury, like the fact that that Oregon is, is you know situated is as, as well as it is you know still contend for the conference with this injury situation like this is coach of the year Oh yeah, stuff like I stop, mean, that, stop, like stop I'm bad that Oregon is losing is such a like. Do you not understand what's happening? You know, for this team, yeah.
1: Like, don't yeah. uh, don't don't start muttering about Altman being gone because that's the last thing you want. I
0: mean, they're <laughs> still going to win 20 games.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The guy never fails to get you 20 wins, and it's just like, would you would you rather have that or would you rather have like 13 wins? Yeah, like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I, I, would, I would like to have a magic wand to heal these dudes. <laughs> That's what I really want. Uh, all right. Is there anything more you want to talk about with this Washington game? It feels like there's more to talk about. Like it, it's sort of like Oregon dominated this game. And so therefore what we sort of I found myself talking about is, hey, it was weird. The Washington sort of had a comeback. And also Jackson mm-hmm. Shellstep, Please make a shot. But like there's got to be more to talk about in this game.
1: Um, I mean, you could, you could look at the, uh, you could look at the, at the way that they were moving the ball around and getting open shots when they built that 20 point lead. Uh, that was, I did
0: like the ball movement. That that wasn't, that was
1: an encouragement, you know, and something I'd like to see more of moving forward. I mean, that's the thing is
0: this like this team I do think is like really well coached. Like it's really unselfish. You know, there's no like, oh my God, there's one dude and let's just feed that one dude the way that you definitely see on a bunch of other teams in the Pac-12 where it's mm-hmm. like, well, we got one stud and then we have a bunch of guys who exist to like exalt him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's never been the case with, with, with Altman teams. Yeah. Even when you're looking back at teams, you know, the, the, um, I think probably the most prevalent one is when we had Joe Young who mm-hmm. essentially could take over games by himself even then though you still you still had other players getting involved you still had like that good ball movement that good team ball being played and that's just a that, that that's a stamp of Altman coaching and why he's had so much success later in seasons cuz he's gotten everybody to buy in and play as a team
0: all right. Let's wrap it up there. Uh, uh, you've got uh, coming up tomorrow, you're going to be covering the uh, the track and field team, which split up. Uh, uh, part of the team went to Albuquerque. Part of the team went to Boston. And you'll be covering uh, 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 the golf teams uh, who, uh, who, who are are just finishing up sort of the February leg there. Then they're going to be taking a break uh, for March, but you're getting uh, some of their last tournaments. Um, so we'll look forward to your coverage of, of those about the same time that this podcast is going up on Wednesday morning. Yep. Um, You got any parting words of wisdom for us, Adam?
1: Um, as far as softball goes, like I said, kind of like some, some early struggles, uh, but don't, you don't buy too much into that. It's the very beginning of the season. As far as men's basketball goes, maybe need to be a little more worried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we still have seven games left. Uh, there's still a chance for Altman to work his, his, his Altman magic, but uh, the window's closing and it needs to start happening now, or they're in danger of missing the tournament again.
0: Yeah. The, the magic in this case would be some sort of healing spell.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: pretty remarkable um well i don't know man like uh uh the the it it is february this is about the time when dana altman you know does conduct his magic uh and who knows tomorrow's valentine's day and and uh maybe we'll have some love for him then um Uh, but uh, day, days aren't so dark at any, at any rate, and of course, it never rains on this podcast.